Hey everybody, in this episode I talk about some things going on with the Belt and Road Initiative. I talk about what's going on between the US and China and Korea. Just some speculation. We hear about some things that are going on. Um, Is the trade war related to improved relations with Korea? You get my take. You get my take on Europe and China being tied in together. Good stuff. Take a listen. So first things first with this episode, let's talk about a headline out of a Chinese newspaper, CGTN. Chinese Vice F Foreign Minister and U.S. Representative hold talks on Korean Peninsula. The Chinese Vice Foreign Minister Luo Jiaohui on Friday held a voice, uh, or <laughs> held a voice, held a phone conversation with the U.S. Special Representative for the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, Stephen Bijun, Bigun, over the current Korean Peninsula issue said a statement on Chinese Foreign Ministry's official website. During the dialogue, the two sides exchanged views over political solution of Korean Peninsula. China supports the contact and communication between the U.S. and the DPRK, hoping that two countries can meet each other halfway and resume working-level consultations as soon as possible in accordance with the consensus reached by their leaders, noted Luo. For his part, uh, Begun briefed the latest meeting between U.S. President Donald Trump and DPRK top leader Kim Jong-un, elaborating that the U.S. is ready to strengthen communication and coordination with China over the Korean Peninsula issue. So, I've talked about this previously. I do believe that part of the trade war with China is in order to uh, get them to work with us on Korea. Trump has said in the past that China could do more, that actually I believe he said that China could solve the Korean issue, the, the issue in Korea, um, if they wanted to, which I, I believe is true. I think that China probably has the most sway out of any other country in the region um, regarding Korea. Do they have absolute sway? Probably not, but probably pretty damn close to it. And I think that China has probably, or the the uh, CCP, has probably been using Korea as a means to um, keep us back in terms of uh, negotiating, uh, whether it be on trade or militarily. It keeps us on our toes when you've got Korea firing missiles and threatening um, nuclear missiles. So I do believe that uh, part of the trade war that we're, we've been engaged in is also to get China to the table with Korea. And I think that is partially why we saw a uh, potentially a situation where it looks like we might be opening up relations and becoming more friendly with China on the uh, trade war because it looks like we're going to make some headway with Korea. Now, that being said, nothing is guaranteed. Right. I mean, I uh, I actually like Scott Adams' take on this. It's negotiation. It may or may not work out. People are going to come to the table. People are going to walk away from the table before anything's done. But I do believe that we are seeing a potential, at least short-term, solution to Korea. Now, I'm a little skeptical of anything that we do with China and Korea, just because I don't know about a future leader's. Um, 
I don't know about you know, the next president if they're going to have the fortitude to stand up to any of our enemies. Uh, we uh, – the Obama administration did not demonstrate that they could do it and the Bush administration did not demonstrate that they could do it and the Clinton administration did not demonstrate that they could do it. Everyone's pretty much just, just been giving in to all of our adversaries for the last 15, 20 years. So it's uh, – will be interesting to see if we could buck this trend with Trump and actually continue it. So um, now let's go on to some Belt and Road news. All right, so looking at um, the Belt and Road news, we have a situation. Well, it's, we'll see. Uh, Foreign Minister Wang seeks Eastern European support for the Belt and Road. Beijing looking to bolster support amid worries. New EU leadership will adopt a more hostile stance towards China. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi started a week-long tour of three Eastern European nations on Sunday. Analysts said Wang's visit to Poland, Slovakia, and Hungary was aimed at garnering more support for the Belt and Road Initiative, Beijing's transcontinental infrastructure project, um, and to try to expand China's influence in case the new EU leadership adopts a more hostile approach to Beijing. Zhao Junjie, a China-EU relations analyst from the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, a think tank affiliated with China's State Council, said Wang's trip could help strengthen China's foothold within Europe as Eastern European nations sometimes felt neglected by major European powers, a country such as Germany. They go on, uh, Now is a tricky time for Beijing, as Europe is going to change its top leaders who might be more assertive against Beijing's policies, such as the Belt and Road Initiative, Zhao said. The newly nominated European Commission president, Ursula von der Leyen, has warned of China's negative impact on the European Union, which is the country's largest trading partner. Uh, as Poland and Hungary, ooh, uh, okay, as Poland and Hungary are key Eastern European countries, uh, better bilateral ties between Beijing and the two nations can help add to China's sway in the region. Zhao added, Long Jie, uh, a European affairs specialist from Shanghai Institute of International Studies, said Wang's tour could help China expand world markets and fight against protectionism. So. Uh, in 2011, it says, China set up a 16 plus 1 initiative, an effort to improve economic cooperation with Central and Eastern European countries, including non-EU members. Greece joined in April, making it 17 plus 1. So in, it also goes on, in just eight years, Chinese foreign direct investment in the EU has risen from less than $840 million in 2008 to $42 billion U.S. in 2016. That is staggering, uh, staggering increase. According to Rhodium Group statistics, Europe has become increasingly worried about the role of telecoms giant Huawei technologies in the communications network across the continent and fears that projects that projects such as the Belt and Road could erode the bloc's influence and importance. Okay, so basically, as you guys have heard, China is looking into some Eastern European countries like Poland, uh, Poland, like uh, Poland and Hungary, um, in order to maintain any kind of weakening stance they might have with the EU. So here is my opinion. Um, I have not seriously looked into the new leadership change in Europe, uh, considering the bureaucracy in Europe seems to be heavily entrenched 
if not, I mean, it just seems heavily entrenched, that will they have a serious change of heart towards China? I highly doubt it. Um, I think one of the biggest problems with Europe is economics, and the European countries are using China's money and you know a lot of other people's money to get things done, whether it be infrastructure projects, whether it be ports. I mean, Greece, uh, the Netherlands. You know, lots of countries are using money from China to build and maintain infrastructure. Um, I've mentioned before in a previous podcast that uh, China has significant ownership in ports around the world. And so, I mean, are these countries just going to let that money dry up? I don't think so. Uh, Especially, for example, in Italy, I believe that the Italian leadership is working with China to build out some – to take care of some of their infrastructure needs regarding roads. And so – oh, and I can't forget – you know the UK. The UK has uh, lots of money coming in every year from China through uh, different types of investment into the country, and Europe as a whole is still leaning towards using Huawei as uh, a major um, contributor in building out their five G network. Now, obviously, more research is going to need to be done in that area, but all the latest headlines that I've seen indicate that. Our European allies, you know, the UK, Germany, France, are resisting any push from the US to ditch Huawei in ter- for their uh, 5G infrastructure. And I mean, with all of this being said, while I do believe that they do acknowledge the potential threat of um, having too much reliance on Chinese technology and maybe hardware and infrastructure. Uh, what does the economics of the situation dictate? You know, if these countries, you know, every the whole Western world's in debt, and if these countries don't feel like they can afford to do things themselves, they got to go where the money is. And China, regardless of China's economic or financial uh, sustainability, if they're offering money, if they're offering money and infrastructure spending and building capabilities, I feel like a lot of these countries are going to take advantage. So do I think that this is probably going to work in their favor? Yes, I think so. And I just think that uh, this is something to watch for. So what is the new leadership of Europe going to do regarding China? Like I've said a hundred times, I don't make predictions, but I do believe that things are probably going to be uh, business as usual. I you know I've read some it's so funny I read some headlines about uh, the British talking out to China about how China better honor their treaty with the UK regarding Hong Kong and it's laughable it's absolutely laughable like like the like the British are going to do anything I think I said this already it's just funny to see it's like I mean the British to me the the country the government it's like a neutered dog I mean, I don't know what there. There's nothing they would do. There's nothing they will do against China. I just don't ever see that happening. So, and to be honest, I feel like that um, towards a lot of the, the European uh, countries. I feel like a lot of them aren't going to do anything uh, in terms of having any kind of confrontational stance with the CCP. So, 
that's uh, what I have to say today um, about the update in the East. So I hope everyone has a great day.